The following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast by thepilotreport.com about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode number 33, Ways to Keep Flying versus Quitting Aviation, our picks of the week, and more coming up now on this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now, here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Rick Felty, Carl Valeri, and Len Costa. Hello and welcome back to episode number 33 of the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm your host, Len Costa. Joining me on the show today, as always, are my favorite group of aviation chumps, starting with Mr. Valeri. Carl, how are you today? I am doing wonderful. I'm chumping out right here. As a matter of fact, this whole chump thing here, I think I I figured it out. We basically don't understand the basics of life on Earth. That's why we fly, right? So we are chumps. <laughs> I looked that one up. Nice. <laughs> On Earth, which is why we're aloft all the time. Okay, you got sure, it. sure. So where are you joining us from the world today, Mr. Valeri? I am actually, it's, oh, I'm in really chilly Florida. There's a, a lot of people walking around with jackets. It got down to 74 degrees here. So people are starting to you know wrap up and they're shivering. Wow. Actually, people have their hats on. Um, oh yeah, it's amazing. People have some of those big, you know, really fluffy hats and, and the big, you know, stuffed down, down feather, you know, jackets walking around. It's craziness. They think this is cold. They don't know what cold is. I'm sure you guys are much colder <laughs> places. <laughs> That's I, getting there. I ran away from the cold, but I'll tell you that here in a minute. But uh, that's that's funny. You know, I have to tell you a story about my trip to Mexico after we uh, finished the introductions and some cold. And anyway, Ooh. joining us next, uh, Miss Victoria Nouvelle Zyko with the last new last name. I can't remember if we had your new last name on the last. Yeah, I think we did. But uh, you just came back from a nice little journey around the globe. And uh, where are you? And how are you? Well. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> I'm in bed with the little like seat pillow thing and a little tray table with my laptop on it. And right now my cat is staring at me like, who the hell are you talking to? <laughs> I have a severe sinus infection, but wow. I, I'm, wow. I'm pushing through and I'm here for you guys. Thank you very much. Yes. That's how much our listeners mean to me. We appreciate that. We yeah. do certainly. Where's, uh, where is Quilson? Um, he's in his cage. Speaking of which, who babysat the kids while you were gone? Uh, we had a friend stop by. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Very cool. Auntie Andrea takes care of the cat. Oh, how nice, Andrea. What a lovely girl. Fantastic. Um, Mr. Rick Felty, how are you today? Chump number three. I'm here. Chump number three. (laughs) I, uh, it's, it's getting cooler here, Carl. So it was, I think it was all, it was 34 here oh when, I, my when God. I got up this Ew. morning. I know, but it, but it, it warmed up into the 70s, so I think, just barely. Just Do you barely. know they shut down soccer practice at 40 degrees here? Wow. Yeah, they can't go outside. It's too cold. No, it was a beautiful day, so it's it, if you like fall, and it was it got warm quickly, but it is on its way. Ooh, wow. boy. You getting mm. frost yet? Uh, n- no, not, not yet. yet. But 
It could have. I mean, I think there are places inland where that has happened. Yes. Oh, this must be a cool time to fly up there. Have you been up at all? I, no, and I need to get up maybe next weekend because the colors I hear up north, you know, like the New Hampshire, Vermont area are starting to pop, which yeah. is great. Cool. We'll look forward to some pictures, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And uh, once again, I'm your uh, host, Len Costa, and I'm joining you today from sunny California. It was too cold in uh, Chicago over the weekend, rainy, and I decided to run away. And it's been a nice, uh, warm, I, I, I'm sorry, guys, but it's been 80 degrees here the last couple of days. Nice. I've been hanging nice. out. So it's 80 and sunny, so it's really <laughs> nice here. But uh, well, excellent. Uh, as I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, I was going to tease you guys about a funny warm weather story like uh, uh, Carl was mentioning, but it's just real quick. This one time I went down to Mexico for work and uh, we were, it was, it was about May or so and we were walking out to the airplane and we're there in our regular, you know, short sleeve uniform shirts and uh, I guess for the time of year it was kind of cold for folks down in that region of the world, especially in Mexico and it was probably like 60 degrees or so and we're out there in our short sleeve shirts and I'm not joking you, the folks, the employees there at the airport we're wearing parkers and mittens and hats and scarves around their face. And then there's the three of us flight crew standing there with T-shirts on. It was kind of the funniest thing I'd seen in a long time. But <laughs> I, can, I can relate to how your folks feel there and there in Florida, Carl. Cause, <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's, it's what you get used to. Yeah, it is I mean, what I, you get used to. I grew up in South Florida. And uh, I remember getting the sweaters out when it got, you know, like 70 or something. 70, right. Yeah, 70. Because <laughs> you want to, you know, especially as the season gets on, you want to kind of feel like you're having a season. Yeah. I, did, I did anyway. Yeah. But I was a kid. What did I know? <laughs> what, what did I know? Yeah. Young and foolish chump. Chump. There you go. Let's do the pre flight. So, we do have a couple of announcements today. We'll start with uh, Mr. Valeri. You wanted to tell us uh, a couple of different things, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's uh, two things coming up, two big events, actually. And uh, I'll start with the EAA. I don't know if uh, anybody knows about this, but the Experimental Aircraft Association has this new grassroots pilot tour and they're going around the country and they're talking to folks it, it's free to everybody that can come in and they're going to discuss different aviation issues uh, that are currently going on and also talk a little bit about aviation and try to inspire some folks to come out and start flying and there's three different people that are going to do this grassroots tour one of them is Rod Hightower and he's actually the uh, president of the EAA and Jeff Skiles he's uh, the vice president of the uh, chapters on youth and education and he also got a seaplane rating in the Hudson River and then the next person <laughs> <laughs> the next person is Mac McClellan <laughs> and we have a show title no yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but he, he uh, yeah just uh, you know that was the U.S. Air Flight, but he he's a great speaker. He's done a lot for youth, and then also Mac McClellan is uh, doing some of the different uh, talks. He's he's the person that's in charge of uh, publications there at EAA. So for the month of October, the person that'll be speaking, they usually have one person go out. It'll be Jeff Skiles, and he'll be in a couple different cities. Uh, let's see, it's going to be mainly in the Midwest, I think. Yeah, Kansas City on October 9th. Then he goes from there to, uh, and that's going to be at the uh, New Century Air Center. That's going to be at uh, uh, the Chapter 16, Overland Park, Kansas. And then the next one's on the 10th in Omaha, Nebraska at the Strategic Air and Space Museum. And then October 11th is the next one, the final one there at uh, Acne Regional Airport and Key. Oh, gosh, I'm really killing that one. 
and Kenny, I think is how you say it. I'm going to get lots of hate mail from that one, you know, and uh, that's going to be in Iowa. So those are the three coming up there. For And it's a real cool event. You should check it out. Bring your friends. It's free. And maybe they'll get inspired to go fly. We mm-hmm. do need more pilots out there. The next event that's coming up too, and this is really neat, my favorite part of this, and I've never been to one of these, it's called the AOPA Aviation Summit. And you can learn a lot about Oh, different types of products, and and you can learn a lot about flying. But the neatest thing about this event, and I've only gotten seen pictures, is they take airplanes and go down some main street in the local town, and that's going to be in Palm Springs. And in Palm Springs, you can go see this on uh, October the 11th through the 13th. And if you haven't been to an AOPA summit, try to get there. There's some great presentations, really cool stuff, and uh, and the manufacturers really do it upright. So AOPA Summit, 11th through 13th, Palm Springs, California. I was able to go to last year, right. which was in Hartford. And right. I always heard something which is kind of true. You guys can you know disagree if you want, but that um, Oshkosh is kind of a celebration of aviation in general and you know in all sorts of fans of aviation, all that stuff. And that AOPA Summit is sort of about pilots mm-hmm. or about people that actually just the people who deal with the, you know, it's less fans right. of watching air shows and more about you know, what we do, which is cool. There's room for all that stuff. But. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're interested from that point of view, it's great. Cool. Now, you, yeah, where was it last year? I remember you gave us a quick recap of it. But it was, yeah, it was, in, it was in Hartford. They Hartford, seem to come. That's the, that's the place they can get to that right. is in the East Coast, close enough to New York, but without all the hassle. Sure. Cool. So they seem to come here every three years or so. Yeah, I think they have a, a particular three Rotation. or four spots they rotate around, yeah. Right. What is, what is it? It's Tampa, Hartford, Palm Springs, Palm Springs. Springs. Or to, were, were they out in, um, like, it wasn't Santa Barbara, uh, San Diego, maybe? maybe. I, don't I can't know. remember now. Yeah, me neither. I've not been to one myself yet, but uh, and I know I won't make it this year. I got my work scheduled today, and that is certainly not going to happen for me, but that's just the way it is. Um, well, interesting. Also, another announcement uh, with the merger with uh, thepilotreport.com. We've uh, made... Some great strides in that aspect. The posts and content from thepilotreport.com have been transferred over to stuckmikeavcast.com. Uh, just in the finishing touches of the merger here, one of the most recent things that I was able to uh, get accomplished is revising our mobile application. That's the Stuck Mike Avcast mobile application. That's free. It's available on your iPod, iPad, iPhone, and Android device. The previous version was ad-supported, and we did have a paid version to remove those ads, but subsequently have decided to go with the freemium model. And um, so the new revised application will be free, no ads, and we'll add some ex- uh, some additional functions now uh, with the blog so that you can access the other parts of the content, not just the audio episodes, but the video reviews and stuff from the pilot report. Also, some uh, some additional tabs for photos and videos, and those kinds of things that we've brought over from the uh, from the application. So I just got an email today that the application is in for review by the folks at Apple. Uh, so probably by the time you listen to this episode, the uh, you'll probably be seeing on your um, iOS device a revision to, to download an update. So we look forward to uh, to delivering that to you. Also, I want to thank our international listeners. As I was just recently going through a lot of these changes here from the pilot port to the Stuck Mike Avcast, I was uh, marveling at the fact that we have such an awesome wide fan base around the world. But uh, we don't have any listeners in Greenland. I'm wondering if they even have any what? internet in Greenland. 
What? Yes. I, I'm like, I can see on the map and Greenland is white. Nobody listens to us in Greenland. I don't know. Maybe we don't, maybe they don't like us. Wow. That is incredible about Greenland. Um, and it's coincidental, oddly enough, that tonight is the night we're debuting a segment called What's Great About Greenland? <laughs> the we, the uh, irony. <laughs> it's the, it's, it's incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just going to occasionally point out a really great, interesting fact about Greenland and, and, uh, you know, I, you know, we know we have fans there. We just they're just not showing up. So, and and the number one, you know, one that I wanted to start with just for, for the first time as we do this is um, the Northern Lights, big big Northern Lights country, and um, and there's a I, this is all straight from their uh, tourism website, but it's very you know it's not surprising. Northern Lights require darkness. I think we all know that, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> so you, you got you got to get away from artificial light. Um, and so basically it's about heading up north and some of the stuff, even in, even in that country, you got to go north and they recommend, um, kind of dog sleds out of the urban areas to head north to see the Northern lights. And then there are, there are some seasonal things, the times of year, um, uh, winter, but basically September to April, because in the summer there's too much sun and mm-hmm. that's not surprising either. Mm-hmm. But the big thing about Greenland, which we love as you know, all three, all four of us love Greenland. So it's a little surprising. No one listens to the show, but uh, but but one of the big things is the Northern Lights. So that's yeah. tonight's episode of What's Great About Greenland. What's Great About Greenland. Excellent. Well, we'll have to keep on going. I'm gonna, we're going to oh, keep yeah. this segment going until I see on my radar somebody listens to us in that lovely country. <laughs> and that's a threat. <laughs> yeah, that's a threat. <laughs> Come on, Greenland. Okay, here we go. Come on. Exactly. Oh, and so. I learned today the capital is called Nuke. That's how it's Nuke. pronounced. It's not spelled. That's what I do with my TV dinners. <laughs> it's not spelled that way, but that's how it is. Anyway. Okay, we can move on now. Now entering cruise flight. All right, wonderful. We've got a couple of fun discussions, uh, group discussions tonight, and we're going to start off with uh, we're going to do Victoria a favor since she's not feeling well and let her have the podium for a while, and and uh, we'll start the discussion on blank. Go ahead, Victoria. Yeah, it's good. I went and got another box of Kleenex, so hopefully I won't sneeze on you guys too much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, my discussion today I wanted to talk to you guys about was keeping people flying. I'm going to give you some stats real quick. Um, in 1980, we reached our peak number of FAA certified pilots. It was 827,071. Now in 2009, we were only at 594,295. Now, the numbers um, are a little bit different between 2010 and 2011 because of that um, medical duration changing and the student pilot certificates lasting longer, but it's still over 200,000 less pilots than our peak. Wow. What was the year spread again? 1980 was 827,000. And then 19. And now we're only at 594. Yeah. Well, it's probably, I wonder if it's a lot of it's to do with age as well, but I don't know. It could be. I mean, it, it gets me quite depressed when I hear about pilots selling their aircraft because it's getting too expensive. Right, yeah. Or pilots not renewing their renter's insurance because they just had to give up flying. I've heard that a lot, had to give up flying. Um, so in this ever-changing world and this constant threat of like user fees and uh, things like that, how do we keep these pilots flying? How do we let them know it's still worth all the effort and of course, how do we make this number go back up again? So the first question I want to ask you to, to kind of get the conversation going was, have any of you ever contemplated giving up aviation and what factors led to that? 
Well, I, I'll jump in quick as a, just to say that recently, you know, I've just, my life got busy in different ways. And, and, and so I'm working hard to find the time and, you know, to be able to stay focused because it, to me, it doesn't feel like something you can necessarily do too casually. You know, if you don't fly enough, that's where things can get tricky. So not giving it up completely, definitely not. And I think maintaining the ability to do it is still, is still huge. And so I'm not someone in that boat completely, but I can see how your life can creep in and, uh, change the dynamic, even though everything else is fine. You can, you can rent, you can afford to rent or you own and you're healthy enough to do it and all this, but there's just other demands that pull you away. And cause it's hard to do it quickly. You know, it's for me, there's a drive to the airport, there's a flight, all that stuff that quickly mounts into, gee, can I commit this many hours at this time? So that's one, I'm sure that's a factor for some people, um, independent of everything else. Mm -hmm. And one of the for me, as a, you know, even as a career aviator, one of the I've never really necessarily thought of jumping out of aviation as a whole. But uh, since I do have the ability to fly, you know, usually four days a week, uh, the the sort of bug or need to fly on off days isn't as much there. Although it's a different kind of bug; it's more of a pleasure flying type of thing. The hundred dollar hamburger, the fly where you want to fly and not fly where the company is asking me to fly. But um, I've definitely, on a personal level, cut down on personal flying just because of some of the costs involved in the rental aspect. And it's kind of funny because in a few episodes ago, we kind of talked uh, briefly as one of our picks of the week about open airplane and how that's going to sort of revolutionize and change the aircraft rental industry. And I am, me personally, especially looking forward to that for some of these reasons that I mentioned about, you know, when I'm in California and I want to rent an airplane, I have to go out and do a checkout here versus when I'm in New Hampshire and I'm in Chicago. And because of my travel schedule and my lifestyle, it's very cost prohibitive to be checked out in three or four different FBOs and keep up with their 90 day currency. And so, you know, for me, I just haven't done as much personal flying and it's really been more so just because of the, you know, the prohibitive rental aspects. So a good plug for open airplane. Yay. Hurry up, get your stuff going. I wait, I can't wait for you guys. And you know, uh, Len, to add to that, I, I tell you, there's even, you know, if you know, remember I sold part of my yes, share in the airplane yes, yes. and, you know, cheaper gas will keep a lot more people into this, uh, in aviation. And now we're thinking about adding more fees to flying. It's, right. it's going to be a real hard hit. Just to give you, you know, let the, where the rubber meets the road, I budget about between two to $400 a month in Avgas mm-hmm. is what I spend every month. And that, uh, was that, that was that, when you were owning or that was when yeah. you were owning? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was just my gas expense. Right. Right. And I would say, you know, I, I try to keep around 300 if I could. Uh, but it kept going up and up and up. And then I found out, you know, I could do more instructing and actually make some money flying and not have to pay for it myself. But I did like going up and flying around. You know, I guess unlike most people like yourself, I, I'd still like the freedom of getting out there and flying. Right. So I'm looking at maybe something, I don't know, maybe something less expensive, maybe not. Uh, but if I'm going to actually get somewhere, you know, I fly for free on the airline, so I'm not going to do that. I want something fun, aerobatic. But I think that's, that's, that's hurting a lot of folks is you got to define what it is you want to do. And you have to define how much money you're going to spend towards your hobby. And this is an expensive hobby. It's getting more expensive. And when you compare it with other things like golf 
And when you compare it with things like diving and those and boating, it, it actually gets a little bit more expensive because of the, the, the dramatic increase in the fuel prices. Some places you're spending seven bucks a gallon. It's, it's, a, it's quite amazing. Well, even more. Like some of those, yes. new, some of those oh, yeah. huge uh, class Bravos where you're landing oh, in yeah. New York or <laughs> Teterboro or something and it's $9 a gallon for advertising. Right. And you're like, yeah, sorry, I just can't, it's not worth my time. And insurance really isn't that big of a problem. No, not either. at all. Either. I don't think that's been it. Right, Victoria, I guess. Is the it's actually person. at the all-time low right now. It's lower than it should be. So right now is a great time for <laughs> Never insurance. say lower than it should be. No, it well, should lower be. than, I guess we would say, typical years. Right, right. It's, it's very, very low. There's lots of competition out there right now. Well, that's and good for the I consumer. A lot of people yes. have to have a purpose to fly too. I think that's something else that people have given up on. You know, I, I was just with someone today who said that, you know, I, I'd go out and I'd fly my plane, but I need to have a purpose to go out and do it. You know, a lot of the people that are type A personalities that own airplanes, they need to have a reason to go fly. So you have to really, I think we as an aviation community have to push what it is to be an aviator and, and what it is to own your, have a license, own yeah. your plane. And what we can do with that, you know, the special places we can go. Like I'm probably going to go down Thursday to a place called Everglade City. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful area in the middle of nowhere. And you walk out of your plane, you walk up to this little shop and you go and you go in the shop and get some fried food and all. And those type of things, those exciting little adventures we have to look towards. And just the excitement of being in the air. There's a, we have to push sorry, that. There's a couple yeah. things here that, that I've actually been to one of, but don't do it enough. But I see a lot of people do that create that kind of reason to fly one is uh, meetups groups right which which oh, yep. is great you know and so and, and maybe we'll touch on this later but it gives you know that does that it says let's let's have a destination and then everyone's there and they're all everybody's excited about right. the same thing the other right. one is for uh, instrument uh, general aviation pilots is the imc clubs which i don't know if you know about but it's kind of a growing thing which mm-hmm. gives i you know imc you know uh, uh instrument pilots reasons to go out and stay current and um, fly together and all that. And I haven't ventured into that world yet, but, but I know that's why they exist is, is because of that. Let's keep people flying. Right. So. I went to a couple of meetings in Boer Field there in Nashua, uh, two meetings that I recall, and it's the chapter that they have there. I mean, they pretty much take, like, somebody will have gone on an IFR flight. I mean, they have guests, kind of like we have guests here on the show, but the generality of the idea is to, the members will basically dissect the most recent IFR flight that they did from start to finish, weather conditions, air traffic control issues, aircraft issues, and talk about it as a group. And it was a really cool experience uh, uh, the two times that I went, and I felt that it was definitely, I mean, when you look at what what uh, uh, professional aviators are required to do based on their companies, for instance, as airline pilots, we get recurrent training every six months to every twelve months, depending on what position you're in. As corporate pilots, you have you know you have recurrent training. This whole quote unquote recurrent training, that aside from doing a flight review, is is not as prevalent in the general aviation world. And things like the IMC Club, you know, are are definitely a good tool for staying involved and having that group discussion and learning from, even if they didn't make a mistake, but just somebody saying, hey, I had this experience with this controller on this route on this day and this weather, and, you know, you get to talk about it. And uh, those are fun things, too. Um, what else? There, uh, 
Well, look at the EAA, what they're doing with the grassroots pilot right, tour. Exactly. I mean, they're trying to get people out and, you know, AOPA summit. I think there's so many ways to get more people involved. And and honestly, I think one of the things that I, I think we should do more of, and, and you all touched on it here, is be a little more communal in our aviation because of the fact that it has gotten so expensive. Maybe we could share the cost with other people and go together. It's more right, it's right. a lot more fun when right. you're together and, hey, you take this leg, you take that leg, that type of thing. And sure. and I think we really need to, I think we should get try to get more and more folks into aviation because it really, there's a benefit not just for flying but it helps you in your business it helps you in your personal life i think because of this decision making i, I think to do. as a right. person just as a personal observation here i would fly more if i could figure out how to have a buddy to fly with so i gotta work on that because i think that would help me a lot hello this kind of well, goes where do you live right now <laughs> <laughs> Who i, I knows? think there's a few things called great lakes between here and there <laughs> just, <laughs> I know, we had a few shots but we didn't quite yeah, get there no it's okay Sorry. i understand good point <laughs> Go ahead, I'll Victoria. What, Rick, I'll, I'll come fly with you. Oh, he's he's a little closer yeah. for now. Yeah. yeah, I'll come. I'll come up. I'll do a flight review if you let me fly the airplane. Oh How's yeah, that sure. Go? That's cool. Right, cool. Let's do it. That's a great uh, thing. Great. Okay. I'm sorry. I think we have Victoria, that in recording go. now. I know. So just, you have to that's hold on tape. I have to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Well, it's. I, I I know you said, and I think you're right, Carl. I think there are definitely folks that are looking for a greater purpose or, or a reason to go flying, intent to go flying. I don't want to call it necessarily a justification, but a reason to dedicate that particular amount of time or money to the pursuit of that hobby. For me, it's easy, man. If there's an airplane around, whether it's a friend's or something like that, I'll, like, I'll go for it. Like, it's funny because the recent, recent one of the recent visits I had before I left the Virginia area, I was uh, hanging out with Bob and Victoria, actually, and Bob's like, hey, the aircraft's been sitting out outside it for a couple of days, and it rained, and it's kind of wet. You want to go for a ride around the pattern for a few times around the pattern or dry it off? And I was like, well, yeah, hello, of course. So yeah, I don't always feel like I need a reason to go flying. I, you know what? Some of the simplest pleasures I, I get out of flying are just going around the pattern and banging out some touch and goes. I don't know really? why. Maybe it's just because it's a lot of... Long hauls, you know, we only do two landings a day or something, Carl. But I just love going to the airport and banging out landings. I don't know what it is. I have this one, some of the most fun I ever have. There's nothing wrong with that. I love it. Mm-mm. Pounding around. I must say, we are pretty lucky. Um, I was in Europe for our honeymoon, and I know general aviation is a lot more expensive over there, especially the gas, car gas, like for um, the car we rented was $10 a gallon. Right. So I got back here and I was like, okay, I cannot bitch about that <laughs> $3.99 I just paid because we were paying $10 in Europe. It was really, really an eye-opener. Right. And, and I think financial issues is one of the the main problems and, and also probably medical issues as well. When I had my medical issues, I said you know, what if this happens again? What if I was forced to quit flying? Was it worth spending the money to continue my training if there was a pretty high chance that I couldn't meet medical requirements in the future? And I think it's luckily we have the LSA um, and Sport Pilot out here now that can help with some of those pilots there. The only... I'm going to be a little harsh here on the LSA, and it's not the certificate itself. The one downside I've seen to the LSA aircraft category, and it's really cool that they came out with the whole rating and the the relaxed medical requirements and everything that goes into the LSA and the sport pilot. But pers- from a personal level, when I'm looking at LSAs that are hitting the market and they're still $150,000, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you're still 
you know, for me, I'm still not in a financial position to spend $150,000. And if I was, it wouldn't be on an LSA. It would be on something that was IFR that could go point to point in a respectable amount of time and be, you know, fairly efficient operating. So I think it's a really good idea. And I understand some of the challenges financially to obviously come up with a brand new aircraft from scratch and what goes into manufacturing and all the costs involved. However, on the flip side, I'm, you know, when you look at 150 grand for a brand new LSA or 150 grand on a, you know, a 10 or 20 year old 182 or a 210 or something that could give you some different abilities if you decided to spend a little extra on a certificate, it's a toss up for me. And, and I realize we've got, you know, ATPs and commercials and privates. So we, we have those sort of less restrictions on us, but still looking at it overall. To me, it seems, it still seems of a well, challenge. I'm going to argue with you there because what if you had no other choice? Right. What if you couldn't fly anymore sure. or higher? You couldn't fly these aircraft because you couldn't make the medical. So now you're kind of demoted to this light sports slot. And actually, there's a lot of affordable ones out there because keep in mind, some Piper Cubs and older aircraft actually meet the requirements for LSA. Right. And there's a lot of experimentals out on the market. My friend has a, a RANS that only costs like 40K. Right. And that is an amazing plane. It can do, you know, some of the RANS can do aerobatics. And uh, so that there are options and they are fun aircraft. You get a, a different sense of flying. Some you can take the doors off of and, mm -hmm. you know, fly low and slow. So that's a whole different experience that we don't get. And, you know, say the glass air that we fly. Right. So, you know, another... There's my arguing with you. One, <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it, you know, it's another viewpoint. I think I have a, another viewpoint on that too. I think there's uh, the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, if you look at a brand new LSA and compare it to any other brand new manufactured aircraft, it's a heck of a lot cheaper. It uh, is. You know, we looked at brand new 182s compared to a brand new uh, LSA and, it, and you get all that those upgrades, you know, you have all the glass cockpits and they do go fairly fast uh, and they burn a lot less gas. And that's that's something you have to look at too. So I can see how somebody who's looking at a brand new NA2 will say, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to go for the LSA option because I used to be able to buy a brand new NA2 for the same price as this LSA. And that's, that's that, I think there's a market there. Um, but uh, but I, I I do understand what you're saying. I think that's been the biggest complaint. Yeah. Uh, but, but if you know you look at it from another viewpoint, there's uh, you know a, a, a piper or something. You're looking at three four hundred thousand to buy brand new. Easily. You know, yeah. good point on the uh, the gas. The Rands burns four gallons per hour auto gas. Wow. So that is nice. <laughs> Dang, that's, that's pretty. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of that's which, amazing. Has anybody? dealt with auto gas because you know i know it's out there but it's not very easy to get i don't think at the majority of airports does anybody know do you just like bring your lawnmower gas tank to the airport with you and fill up your airplane yeah that's what my friend does there i i can't remember but there's something tricky about it like you really have to make sure there's no water right or you have to there's be something very tricky about the auto gas that you have to be careful of it may not have the same consistent well, the quality but yeah, yeah plus yeah they didn't even think about the ethanol that could be a problem too yes it's something with ethanol i there can't you remember my brain's all water. stuff gets, but something with that <laughs> there's more water in your gas that way because the ethanol there's more alcohol right and uh you know you have uh, therefore get more at water in th inside the tank 
same thing with boats. I mean, we we can't use any ethanol really in our boats, you know, as far as going out in the water and stuff. So it's it's not too good for the engines there. And uh, you know, try to try to do a titrate on on alcohol to 100% alcohol. It's almost impossible. You're going to get H2O or water in there eventually. Yeah. And the same thing happens. Well, so. at least in a boat, when the engine stops, there's uh, you're already where <laughs> you're already at the scene of the accident. You're just going to stop. Yeah, that's that's for <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, it doesn't go that way in no, an airplane. Not, not always. <laughs> not not always. Anyway. Um, cool. Uh, which, which, by the way, I, I just, well, I was yeah. going to say as an aside, a friend of mine had had Go the same, it. had that little possibility happen recently and he landed on the highway, did a great job. Uh, we were just talking about. Yeah, we won't, I don't know that we'll get to it today, but I think that you had said you wanted to sort of talk about that experience in one of our previous episodes, which mm-hmm. we didn't get to. We probably should, cause that, that could be an interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that eventually. Yeah, cool. But. Um, yeah, may have been a gas issue, by the way. It was a gas. Oh, it was a gas issue. Wait, no, we don't know. We don't oh, we know. don't know. We don't know. No, no. Huh. All right. Uh, any? Yeah. So, anybody else want to add some some information to the keeping pilots flying topic? Well, I had one more thing to consider. Yes. Um, my boss throws cookouts several times a month at an airport. This really helps me feel involved in the aviation community, and especially when it's been a while since I've been able to fly. So do you think there's a way to make airports more social friendly that could help encourage pilots to stay in aviation? Because sometimes just being around other pilots helps you feel like you're staying involved and even like chair flying right. with these guys. Uh, I want to pitch in for a moment because I've been to one of his barbecues and <laughs> my point is I feel, Victoria, that Frederick itself, and I don't know if it's just because AOPA is there, if it's just a huge aviation hub of the universe, if you will, but I I think, I recall, I, th- I don't even know, it was my last visit there, when it was the last barbecue, was that, a, was that the Women Fly It Forward? I think we had a conversation similar to this regarding yeah. the ease of access to hangars and ramps and regulation, like airport regulations, like, oh, you, you know, you can't park over here or drive over here or you can't have a gas grill in this premise. And I don't know. Oh, you know what it was? I think it was a conversation actually I had with uh, Jack Hodgson at UCAP. Now I do recall this. And so we were kind of contemplating some of the restrictions, actual airport restrictions about access for security purposes and other, you know, aircraft or airport limitations. Like where, where can you do this? And I agree Wholeheartedly, that having those barbecues is an excellent way. I always enjoyed, by the way, going to your boss's barbecues. In fact, that's one of the, that was the first thing. I think it was the second thing that I did with you. We went uh, right. I made you take pictures. Yes, you did. And I was like, this is my hands down world favorite airport because of the barbecue. Everybody was so friendly. Everybody's hanging out. Hey, want to go for a ride? I got this. I got that. It's just like, it was the most family-oriented aviation experience that I ever had, and I and and so I, you know, I've had this discussion with other people since then, because of that. Telling people, you guys, I've never experienced anything like Frederick, which is why we got I got on this discussion with some other folks about that. Um, so I don't, I don't know that it's naturally that easy as it is at Frederick for whatever reason that uh, that you guys have those abilities. But I don't know if any like Carl or Rick at your local airports have you ever experienced uh, for whatever reason the ease of access or lack of access for to to be able to have such a thing like a you know a barbecue a hangar barbecue 
Well, I, I was going to say we, we have the Albert Witted uh, Airport Preservation Society that has they have uh, they do that monthly, you know, right? Pancake, oh yeah, and they have cookouts okay. and they volunteer, and boy, they they bring a lot of people in. Plus, there's people with hangers, and they invite people into their hangers and have little cookouts and stuff like that. Now, uh, you talked about the rules on the airport. I think sometimes people might look the other way when they're they're doing some of these things, but uh, and also they can get permission as long as they have certain things in place. Sure. Like for instance, there's there's a you know somebody can come by with a fire extinguisher and put out a fire and that type of thing. Right. But you know, I I think too the other thing is ease of access. I, you know, we're pretty lucky. We have a bar on the airport, a bar and a restaurant, <laughs> and and you talk about getting people. I I think. To get more people into aviation, we need more bars at the more airport. I'll bars, tell you why. More airport and, bars. No, 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 wait, Where there's a bar, there's a pilot. <laughs> well, that, that too, but not so wait, much wait. for the people that they're into flying. It's, it's our passengers. I tell you, the, the one time I got, got my girlfriend to go out flying with me was because of the fact we went to the bar at the airport. She had a couple of drinks and was totally relaxed, and we went up and had a great time. So, you know, I'm not saying we'd be able to do that on every flight, but, you know, have that social atmosphere and say, hey, right. maybe we can go out flying sometime. And actually, I've met some people at that same bar. They have a jazz fest and all that and mm-hmm. or jazz uh, on Thursday nights and, and said, hey, you know, when, when someday we'll go up in an airplane. We'll go fly around. I've done that and taken them up flying. So if we had more of those type of things going on, more airport bars, restaurants, on, uh, you know, right on the field, I think oh. it would be really cool to get other people out there to look at their planes and then maybe come back, you know, obviously – Making, you're, you're like essentially <laughs> touching on making the airport more of a destination and not just yes. a, a, you know, a transfer point from landing here, grabbing a car and going, you know, continuing on, but making it an actual destination like there's something to do there. And we can all relate to that for usually the $100 hamburger uh, at an airport cafe or an airport restaurant. But I see what you're saying there. Yeah, and and I tell you, it's a, and there's a lot of airports out there that are really beautiful. Not just here, you know, at Albert Witted, where I mean, Cirrus uses it for their commercials. Right. It's just a fabulous place. Right. But there's so many other places like that that are destinations. Right. You can hang out and watch, you know, the horses run and that kind of stuff. I mean, what do you think, Rick? Sorry, unmuting. I was going to say, um, what, no, no, <laughs> I gotcha. no, I, I heard you. I just it wasn't yeah. quick enough on my touchpad. Um, <laughs> You know, my experience is mostly at Norwood, and it's a it's a mixed bag. I, I've seen enough evidence that that there is good intention there, and that if people bring the event to them and it's organized right, things things do happen. There was a you know there's a gathering of World War II planes this past weekend that was organized, and people could take tours and walk through them all. And you know, I know in a couple of cases, um, the the school I learned at it and rent out of had an event that was on the tarmac and there were planes out and running on batteries so you could hop in and do stuff. And there was balloons and, you know, it was not a full-fledged barbecue, but it was it was a social event. Um, you know, that said, I also know it's probably not top of mind for the airport itself to generate some of that stuff so that if you don't bring it or, and, and people aren't thinking about it, um, it doesn't necessarily go to the friendliness of the airport. It won't, you know, the example that I always cite, unfortunately, is at Norwood, there uh, near the tower, there was a big hill that you could view um, uh, the the main runway um, three five. And um, at so, at some point, it became clear there was some con- some construction going on, and a very large building was built there to house the snow clearing, snow removal equipment, which is great. But but in building that building, no provision was made for there to be a viewing area, which there could have been, I think, but probably there was cost. So part of that hill was was blocked b- by the building. So it became slightly less friendly. You can't really see the approach end of 3.5 very easily anymore, and, and it used to be visible. And so 
Now that's a money thing, I'm sure, and and it's a good facility, so I'm not questioning it. It's just it's things like that that make it hard to you know to to generate the community spirit you need. I think, and mm-hmm. so it's a it's a mixture, and I think maybe it needs people you know fighting the good fight. And I also think there's this this thing that happens where you know in schools that are at airports, the sometimes it seems like the wrong people are are running them or are there or are not worry worrying enough about their people skills how they welcome people into mm-hmm. the into what is sometimes a fairly intimidating walk through the door uh, moment and um we could all do more about that because if you turn you know if people aren't you know welcomed in and excited and you know don't feel at home right away it's hard to it's hard to hang on to them right great point very great point we need to be more friendly to everybody coming out there and, and playing get, get that it feels like a closed club and it doesn't have to be completely all the time, and uh, you know there are some pi- there are some pilots, there's some people in aviation who who do get into feeling exclusive. I think, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of us who don't who who want to share it, and the more of that we can foster in people coming up, the more the more it'll grow. I think. You know, Mark, that that is a really good point, and, and I tell you, when I, I don't like to harp on Albert Witte, but one thing that I like about the airport is they have a helicopter out there with zebra stripes on it, <laughs> and the kids just come out and say, "Oh, look at the airplane with the zebra stripes," and of course, a helicopter, and and that's so inviting to people, you know. And they have you know, you know, biplanes and stuff like that, and people just hanging out and being friendly. And, and you're right, Rick, we need more of that. Well, and I I'll be down there on that hill, and <laughs> you can still see some of the runways, so it's not a complete you know blocked out view. It, with with a radio, sometimes I'll just go to watch and and listen and uh, uh, and if people are wondering or or people are waiting for someone, I'll tell them what I'm hearing. You know, people who don't know much about aviation, I'll say, "Well, see that plane up there." You know, and he, here's what's about to happen to that plane, and act like a bit of a tour guide for the experience. And it's fun to do, and they get a lot more out of it because otherwise they wouldn't know, mm-hmm. you know, what what is about to happen. And so it, there's a lot of fun that I have just doing that occasionally. That's fun too. That's actually a good, good job, idea. Rick. Good job, Rick. Holy <laughs> marvelous. I'm not British. I, I'm well, I am sometimes. <laughs> That's nice. I'm not British. I'm just <laughs> I'm just stuffy. <laughs> that, oh, whoa. To our British funny. listeners yeah, out there, that was I think sad. there's a t-shirt in that. <laughs> oh, my. Um, well, this has been a really fun discussion, and uh, I don't think we're going to get to any of the other discussions today. But, Victoria, you did sort of lead us off into this discussion, and I think you may possibly be the appropriate person to ask this last question to as we close out uh, the conversation about keeping people flying in friendly airports and airports activities. And the reason I say that is because you started flying, you grew up in Michigan, you started flying, uh, I think it was out of Pontiac, or you've done some flying out of Pontiac before you ended up moving to Frederick. So you've actually had the ability to see sort of what I see coming from a different airport and then coming to Frederick and seeing the differences and maybe feeling what I felt about that open community and that family and how how Frederick feels different or behaves different or is different. What can you maybe touch upon better than I can since you've been there longer? What do you think makes those differences between what I've observed in Frederick and what we could you know, do in our, our personal local airports to, to foster the same feeling that I get when I'm there? That's actually a great question, and I'm sure it's different for every airport. For me, it was all about my mindset. When I was training in Michigan, I was all about getting my ratings. I had a goal. I was going to fly for a living. And beyond that, my going to the airport every time I went there, it was for training. It was to get something done. But I really was missing out on 
you know, the social aspect of it. And it actually wasn't until just before I left that I started meeting more people there and realizing that, hey, there was a community hidden within there, that airport, but it just wasn't known to me. When I moved to Frederick, it was a whole different thing. I decided I wouldn't say no to any opportunity that surpassed, like came by me in aviation. And I got involved by hosting an event. I had no choice but to meet the pilots around there. And since then, just going to the airport and hanging out for a day, even if we're not flying, even if we just went in to, you know, pump out the tires or something, um, you run into people, you meet people in the hangars, you stop by and say, hi, I like your airplane. So it's all about your mindset. If you want to get involved, if you want to find people, there are people there. And I'm sure if they feel like there needs to be a more social aspect, they'd be more than willing to help out mm -hmm. and form, you know, a hangar club, so to speak. Right. I did have one last question I wanted to ask everyone, uh -oh. if you don't mind. If you had a pilot come up to you saying they were contemplating quitting aviation, what would you say to them? Well, I have first have to ask why, obviously, but uh, you know, just go through a conversation, find out what's what's what the reasons are, what's prohibitive about it, and hopefully, f with even our collective knowledge as co-hosts, you know, a lot of us in different aspects of aviation and event planning and 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 uh, more professional flying. I think we have a wide range of knowledge on what we could talk to somebody about regarding different options and, and see if you can't find a way to keep them into it, especially if it's like from a cost prohibitive standpoint. But uh, I don't know. What, what do you think, Carl? I just, I'd tell them, Hey, come, come play with me for a day in, at the airport and we'll go play with airplanes and have some fun. I mean, just get back to the excitement of aviation, go check out things and just spend a day with me. And I'll, I'll either convince you, you're, you're never going to leave this again. Or, or if you really don't like anything I, I show you, you're, you're probably don't, won't be interested in aviation because I have a million and one things that I, I love about flying and aviation and just hang out with me at the airport for, for a whole day. And we'll, we'll find something that'll spur your interest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. How about you, Rick? Yeah, I agree with with all of that, which is find out why, and then you know there are ways to consider. Minimally, your life will change again, so maintain it. You know, stay mm -hmm. stay into it enough to see if it fits you later. That's mm -hmm. what sort of general advice I would give, especially if you if you really are determined to to walk away for a while. Just make it be for a while, mm -hmm. anyway, because it can be done. Well. To, to wrap it up, I know one of the things that I always consider, and when you look at uh, where Carl and I are as far as the time and energy and, not, and also financial, uh, uh, the financial aspect of getting all the ratings and certificates to get to a point where you can fly professionally, some people ask me, why do you bother spending $150, $200 every two years to do your CFI renewal? And I say to myself... Or I tell them, as a matter of fact, well, because it took me this long and this much effort and this much money, and I'm not, I don't want to necessarily just let my CFI expire just because I'm, for lack of better words, lazy and don't want to do a CFI renewal. And, you know, that could be another aspect of it. Somebody who spent so much time and so much money and so much passion to get to the point where they are an aviator and remind them that, you know, and mind you, our hobbies change, our interests change, but consider, you know, consider some of those other aspects of 
where were you when you first started and how did you get into this and and why do you want to give it up today and think of all the the the, the accomplishments that uh, you've achieved along the way to get to where you are and i think it was either uh i think it was carl as a matter of fact when you said you know a little while back that think about how much better of a person you are uh, as far as the experiences in decision making and everything else that as a pilot can translate to your personal life or your business life and et cetera. Um, there's just a lot, I've seen a lot of takeaway from flying that has transferred to my personal life in a very positive, useful aspect. So, uh, anyway, Victoria, what's going on over there? I just wanted to say, remember that feeling of your first solo or when you got the private pilot and how proud you were. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. And if you have to give up and stop for a while because of circumstances, I hope you can remember that feeling and mm-hmm. still enjoy being involved in aviation, even on the ground. I agree. I agree. And there's plenty of things. Listen to Carl's podcast over at uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com. There's plenty of ideas over there relating to other ways you can stay involved in aviation, even if it is not necessarily flying. Uh, if it's a financial aspect for, a re- you know, why you might think that you need to step away from it or if you're even if you're just looking for other ways to get involved there's a lot of ideas over there far beyond just aviating uh and i definitely highly recommend that there you go carl good plug for you buddy (laughs) (laughs) so i expect the uh, check in the mail tomorrow and uh, yes (laughs) better be for a worthy amount (laughs) but you know it's amazing how how many things people can do with aviation and make some money with it too amazingly enough if that's the the problem i mean People can do other things other than just flying. I yeah. mean, they can go out and teach and mm-hmm. ground school and then et cetera. All kinds of stuff. Many yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Tons. And charitable organizations you can get involved with. There are tons of those out yeah. there. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's, this is it was a good conversation today, Victoria. Thank you for even yes. sticking through even though you didn't feel good, but you came up with a, a very good conversation today. So uh, we'll move on to the <laughs> – oh, geez, and there's <laughs> – Okay, now that I'm wiping the... I have been waiting for that. Here we go again. I'm having to wipe the virtual snot off of my shoulder. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, Our picks of the week. Being at the top of the hour here, we will move on to our next segment of the show, which is our picks of the week, where we share with you an interesting aviation product or service that uh, we've either become recently aware of or personally used. Either way, something that we think is uh, interesting that you might want to be, you might want to hear about, something that's uh, worthy of you checking, and something worthy of recommending. So uh, we'll start with Rick today. Tell us about your pick of the week. Well, um, a couple years ago, early on, or somewhere in my training, I I got. I did a couple of flights where I, it was after training, I think, where I, where I ran the GPS on my, um, one of my devices to track where I was and in the flight, which is uh, altitude and, and general position and other things. And, and then loaded that into uh, Google Earth or Google or whatever later. And, and it was fun. It was very cool to see a couple of interesting things about a flight that had a general direction. You know, I knew where I was going, but the way I got there because of a coastline was identical in both directions without any, you know, generally identical, without much more precision other than just, you know, where I, where I thought I was flying my eyeballs. Um, anyway, now, and there has been for a while, and I just don't think we've mentioned this a product before, called Cloud Ahoy. Have we mentioned that? <laughs> Dang, oh, my gosh. You stole my, no, I'm not actually, I'm not talking <laughs> about that today, but I did just see it. Uh, that's just released in, the, I think, in the last week or so, right? Uh, uh, maybe. I think I've seen a few different people uh, okay. posting results. Okay. So I don't know for how long. But anyway, basically, it will... You know, they, they, there's a service you log in. It's free. Uh, the app is, uh, I think, the app is free. At it this is. Point. Yes, it um, is free. Yes. And and it um, 
you know, it uses the GPS in your phone. It turns off the other stuff and and gets that data from start to finish or pre-start whenever you want. And then uh, basically lets you debrief your flight afterwards by looking at what you did. And there's a couple of cool things there that I see that they have. One of them that I think is, is fairly novel is um, putting your flight over a sectional um, mm-hmm. in perspective. So you see altitude um, as well as, you know, where it sits on a, on a sectional. So anyway, uh, it's, it seems pretty like a pretty easy to use system, and it just requires starting and and uh, closing the, the the you know the gathering of data on the flight, and the rest of it's handled by mm. by them. and And I think it's pretty cool. And I've seen a number of people posting there. Here's my recent flight information, and people, you know your friends or other pilots can can follow along. So right. pretty cool. It's called Cloud Ahoy. There's a website you can go to. It's cloudahoy.com, and the uh, I think the app is available on a number of platforms. Okay. Doesn't look like it's on Android. Oh, I thought to download it just now. Hang yeah, on. I can oh. find it. Okay, I'll look while you guys talk, but that's what I know. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure I saw it. Hang on. I, I, for some reason, I, I, I said something about it coming across in the last week or two. I just recently saw a announcement about it, so whether it's been out longer or not, but I'm looking at it right now. In fact, it's one of the uh, applications that I intend on reviewing here at the Stuck Mike Avcast. Oh, great. But uh, Cloud, it's right here. I'm just looking at it real briefly. Cloud Ahoy is a system for debriefing flights. It's for pilots, and it's free. So, um, yeah. But I am, it, I, it brought I, I, up Mary Poppins for some reason. <laughs> well, that's cool, too. I mean, a <laughs> spoonful of sugar like makes helps the medicine go down, right? And scrubs. I don't, I don't, it's like TV shows. <laughs> oh, well. I kid you not. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's amazing you brought this up today, Rick. My, one of my students sent me his flights and some of the approaches he did with a friend right. of his. Right. And I was able to go over it and stuff. I was like, oh, there's a whole, a there's here. A, yeah, their website oh, has so a whole, cool. whole section about um, debriefing for CFIs. Mm. That's cool. So, awesome. Anyway, you're right. It may very well be iOS, which is frustrating. Sorry about that. Oh, well. Mm. Just another reason to become an Apple fanboy or girl. <laughs> anyway, just Mm-mm, kidding. I just refuse. Ki- <laughs> I refuse. Yeah. And there you are, the real 1%. Moving on, Carl, tell us about your pick of the week. Oh, you know, I, I think this is apropos. We're talking about staying in aviation and, and what we can do to keep motivated in aviation. And, you know, one of the things I love to do is, is to introduce people that, that actually can't fly or have some kind of a challenge and I volunteer with challengeair.org well you know there's there's another organization for those of our friends that are in Great Britain it's uh, the British Disabled Flying Association has a really cool website and it's called aerobility.com aerobility.com and what this does it introduces people with disabilities to flying and some of these people they don't just get to, to fly the airplane with the help of the pilot. Some are able to actually get their licenses. And, you know, one of the, the most interesting things is their byline. And, and we all should think of this in, in, when we think about aviation. And their byline is this. If I can fly a plane, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. I, I think that really sums it up for all of us in aviation. And they have some wonderful events. And if if people are interested in helping some people get into aviation that have certain disabilities, either to assist them with devices to get them in and out of the aircraft or to have them go to an event, aerobility.com is the place to go. As a matter of fact, at the Paralympics this year, if uh, you remember that uh, airplane that flew by at the night air show, mm-hmm. aerobility is the one that sponsored that. It's just a terrific organization. It really has helped many, many people discover that they, they truly can do anything they want in life. 
And they do that by introducing them to that fact through aviation. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful organization. Aerobility, so another reason to start, keep flying right here, get involved with this organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, you know what? We didn't even talk about that during the show, but volunteering just in general. I mean, oh, yeah. whether it's for Wounded Warrior, Aerobility, uh, PALS, uh, pilots Angel and Flight, paws. Pilots and Paws, there's so many different, exactly. We could, yep. We'll have to talk about that again because we just there's so much good stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot of that's actually a good takeaway that we didn't get to mention here for the uh, the rest of the topic. Um, well, my um, my pick of the week again, again I like to say again is iFlight Planner. Uh, first of all, full disclosure, I do have a financial interest in iFlight Planner, meaning that I do promote them, um, not only because of the excellent product that they have, but because of the personal relationship that I have with iFlight Planner. But something new, as I like to, uh, as, as we share with these picks of the week, sometimes we do talk about updates to a, a previous pick of the week or service or, or product. iFlightPlanner.com is not just a up-and-coming flight planning software for the desktop. Uh, It's web-based, but they also do have an iPad app that is presented by Sennheiser. And they just recently, uh, meaning on September 20th, 2012, the press release states they just came out with a premium business uh, account, which is a multi-user platform designed for charter operations, corporate flight departments, and, like, uh, say, for instance, flight clubs. And what it does is it allows a shared host of services, shared aircraft profiles, shared maintenance and recurrent tasks, shared user-defined waypoints, shared favorite routes, shared flights, and so much more. But essentially, it is a, uh, it's not just an individual product for yourself, but like I said, charter, corporate, flight clubs like that, where you can use this product as a group and um, this is a most recent update to uh, to the service, and uh, it's definitely worth something, as as something worth checking out. One of my favorite things, not just about the premium model, but per se about iFlyPlanner.com, essentially, is that you can go on any web browser from any computer in the world, plan your flight, and then sync to your iPad. So you don't have to if you forgot your iPad. Uh, or you're not, uh, you know, near your computer at home. It is not necessarily a device or computer-dependent service. You can access it anywhere. When you get back to your iPad, you hit the sync button, you're all good to go, and off you are airborne. So uh, check that out. It's the iFlight Planner Premium Business uh, Multi-User Platform, and it is uh, now available at uh, or through iFlightPlanner.com. Cool. Um, so we're. Do they have? Yeah, a quick question. Do they have EAPIS on that? Do you know if you can file international flight plans? Uh, that I don't. That I don't. Oh, but okay. you could send them. Uh, you could contact them through the website, and like I said, they're extremely helpful, extremely friendly, and and uh, th- th- their business model is very much driven by customer comments and recommendations. So, if you send them, some, you know, send them a question, it could be something. Whether or not they have it currently, I don't recall. But uh, send them, send them, uh, shoot them a link over there, or shoot them a question. Um, who did I miss out on actually on picks of the week? I'm already forgetting. Here's it. Who's left? Me. Oh no, the girl. Let's get to the girl. Brat. Brat. All right. Because I'm sick doesn't mean that you got to leave me out. It's not. It's truth. Truthfully, it's because you're a soulless Bend. ginger. Uh, hey. Anyway, I'm a big soul. <laughs> it's not you. My friends make fun of my girlfriend. She's a redhead, and you're like, she's a soulless ginger. I'm like, I don't get it. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Victoria, tell us about anyway. your. Yeah, I know. I love gingers. Pick of the week. Tell us your pick of the week. 
Um, my pick of the week is actually not aviation related directly. Um, it's Groupon. You get them in your email. There's also an app for it. It's basically coupons for local businesses or offers. And I have been seeing so many Groupons for Discovery flights lately. And also I've seen quite a few for private pilot certificates saving you a couple thousand dollars. Pretty much you buy right then and there the day that the Groupon is offered and you have so much time to use it. But in exchange, you usually get at least 50% off. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye out for those. If you're a person who's been debating about getting into aviation and learning to fly, grab one of those Groupons. Save yourself some money while you can. And keep an eye out for the private pilot ones because mm -hmm. it would be great to, you know, have those savings. They're usually referred to as a discovery flight. Yeah, isn't that what I said? I don't know. I was picking my nose. I can't even hear myself at this point. So <laughs> I could be talking gibberish and you guys might not understand me and I wouldn't be able to tell. So. Uh, I, I Sorry, I might have missed it. Yeah, discovery flights. But, um, yeah, but discovery flights. Somebody said something about that on Twitter and I was joking with them and I was like, how fun would it be as a current pilot to go out and get one of those and pretend like you didn't know anything and then see how <laughs> it'd be something so, good hey, for candid camera, right? right. Hey, Someone did that. Like try an aerobatic this? person did a role, freaked out like this flight instructor. Really? I just like, let me try the landing. Yeah. Let me give yeah. this a shot. Do you trust me? Yeah. I think, I think I've got the hang of it already just from you talking. <laughs> That's funny. I want to do it now. Okay. $100 well spent. The After Landing Checklist. So this has been our episode number 33 of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, before we do leave, let's get everybody's contact information, starting with our sick ginger Victoria. Um, ah. Uh, <laughs> I can't even talk now. I think I'm, they just go to your blog, right? Yeah, go to my blog. Thank you. Toriaflies.blogspot.com. Everything's there. There it is. Carl. Yeah. And you can find me easily at expertaviator.com. And I'm on Twitter and also on Facebook. He is on Twitter. Excellent. And uh, Rick. R. Felty on Twitter, R. D. Felty on YouTube, and rotationspeed.com. Correct. And with the merger from the Pilot Report over to Stuck Mike Avcast, you will no longer find me on Twitter or Facebook as the Pilot Report. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Len Costa. That's C-O-S-T-A. Of course, if you do have any questions, comments, or feedback for the show, even if it's a show topic or idea, something that you'd like to hear us discuss, a question you'd like us to answer, flight training or otherwise related, there are so many ways to reach us. Uh, the email is stuckmikeavcast.com, uh, excuse me, stuckmikeavcast at gmail.com. Send us some snail mail at uh, our P.O. Box, P.O. Box 8064, Nashua, New Hampshire, 03060. Or you can reach us on the telephone. It is message, uh, so leave us a message, 617-981-4134. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 33 of the Stuck Mike Avcast from myself, Len Costa, Carl Valeri, Victoria, Newville, Zyko, and Mr. Rick Felty. Thank you so much for tuning in. To episode number 33 of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Hello, Greenland. Please tune in. We'd love to hear from you. And I uh, wish you all guys clear skies and calm winds. Take care, everybody. <laughs> oh, my. That's totally staying. <laughs> no, you know what? It is. That sounded like a jet. It did. <laughs> Thank you.
You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Abcast is an aviation podcast brought to you by thepilotreport.com, a Len Costa production.